power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. together for Jesus. I see God splitting some seas for some people. I see God making a way where there seems to be no way. I see God breaking down barriers and making access for you. You see, some people are saying amen, others are not saying, but... Anyway, let me preach. Maybe it's the preaching you want, so I'll preach for you. Hallelujah. I'll preach for you. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you something briefly that I believe will help you in your life and then in your walk with God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, last week I gave you some keys to building. What was last week's topic? What was last week's topic? Keys to what? Building healthy relationships. Yes. Um, there are some things that can prevent you from benefiting fully from some of the relationships God brings into your life. Who can give me some of those things? Anybody? Pardon? Familiarity. You are in the spirit. That is my topic for today. Prophet Michael Frempong. <laughs> familiarity so today i'm speaking on the subject of familiarity hallelujah everybody say familiarity Familiarity. say it again familiarity Familiarity. it's a topic that must be preached in church from time to time amen at the beginning i was making some declarations some people were not responding it's a sign of familiarity Mm. oh this monday we've heard him say things so it's just one of those things Fair sign of familiarity. <laughs> so today I want to speak to you about familiarity. I'm speaking about familiarity both from the secular sense and then we'll zoom in onto the spiritual sense of familiarity. How it prevents your growth in God. How it prevents your growth in your work with God. Hallelujah. You know in our normal relationships with people, friends, beloveds, brothers and sisters marriage it is very easy to slip into familiarity it's very very easy can somebody attempt to define familiarity just just attempt there's no correct or wrong answer can somebody just attempt to define familiarity anybody or michael he who began a good way I'll be faithful to complete it. I mean, in your own words, I mean, there's, there's no correct or wrong answer. What, what, what do you understand by familiarity? Anybody at all? Anybody? Okay, David. Yes. When you become used to something. When you become used to something, all right? Any other? Okay, yeah, Kuzi. When you become so much acquainted with something that you lose the sense of awe. Exactly. You lose the sense of awe, Yes. Mommy, oh, he has said what you wanted to say. <laughs> it's a state of being conventional or routine in your approach to something or someone. Yes, being routine, exactly. That's also a very good word, routine. It's like 
life as usual exactly so so those are some of the things that define familiarity and it is very easy for us to become familiar in our relationships with people most of the time and when you have a crush on somebody and it goes away it's familiarity true or false don't behave as if you've not had a crush on somebody before it's a normal part of growing up if you've not experienced it before come to see me after i'll lay hands on you and rebuke that spirit amen yeah most of the time you hold the person in awe most of the time it's something you saw about the person maybe the way the person spoke maybe it was the, it's the looks the voice the way the person dresses or something and you are in awe of the person because of that when you get to know the person and you start seeing other aspects of him or her, you realize I'm feeling I've told you the story of a lady who was posted to a bank to do her national service. And there was this guy there that she was like, This is the most handsome guy I've seen in my life. A body he has shaped the beard nicely. When she sees him, yeah, imagine man buying. <laughs> The one that they do like that. It's like a boundary on the mouth. Imagine man no bike. Whenever she sees the guy, her heart. It's like, you know, that kind of thing. You, the crush is so strong. You can't even look at the person in the eye. When he's coming and saying, she'll pass somewhere. Like, hey, that feeling was strong. Until end of year party. And the usher ushered her onto the same table. She was like, hey, today I'm dead. Oh, I can't eat. But the man was sitting there, he was feeling free. And the guy started eating. She, she, couldn't, she couldn't even look in his direction. The guy started eating. And the way he was chewing the food. said, hey, this fine guy, how can you chew food like that? That was making noise and talking while he's eating. Saliva. Sort of things. Ah! The feeling started disappearing gradually. But what killed it was when he took the chicken bone, cracked the thing, and started sucking the marrow out of it. By the time the dinner was over, the crash was crashed. <laughs> Somebody say familiarity. <laughs> yeah. You can easily get familiar in marriage. You can lose your sense of awe. Of your partner. Somebody not in this church. He got married. And I called and I was like. Oh how are things going? It was like oh. Everything is fine. But. There's somebody like we talk. We can talk. She can tell me things. She was like. When he enters the loo. I have to wait for like one and a half hours. Before going there. <laughs> Some of you, eh, when you go to your beloved's house, don't go and use them, otherwise, they'll bounce you. Like, she'll leave you. Just leave you like that. If you know what is good for you, stay and reveal certain things after marriage. When the ring is there, padlock, malock it. <laughs> and there is no room. The way she was speaking, it's as if she had discovered that thing earlier. There's no way she would have gone to the altar with him. 
<laughs> Somebody say marriage. It's very easy to lose your sense of awe. It's very easy to start talking to your spouse anyhow. It's very easy to start talking to your husband, your wife anyhow. Because you have become familiar. I'll show you an example of a wife who had become familiar with her husband in the Bible. Give me Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 16 to 23. Give me the New King James Version first. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 16 to 23. This was David and his wife, Michal. David was a king. David was a, a prophet. This was no ordinary human being. He said, And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window. That was David's wife. And saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. It's like, I didn't know you. Why are you disgracing yourself like that? This one, it was in her heart. But later she said something. Let's read on. Verse 17. He said, and they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Verse 18. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Verse 19. He said, and he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh the man was in a very good mood that day and a flagon of wine so all the people departed everyone in his house verse 20 then david returned to bless his household all right and michal the daughter of saul came out to meet david and said look at how sarcastic she, she decided to be how glorious was the king of Israel today? Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servant? Her problem was the handmaids of the woman. <laughs> Her main problem was the woman. You see, David danced until his tunic or whatever it was fell off. He said, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants? As one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. Hey, you see the words she was using on her husband. Her husband who is a king, who is also a prophet. Too. Verse 21. And David said unto Michal, It was before the Lord. That means he was doing it under the anointing. Which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, Will I play before the Lord? That means David was angry small. Hallelujah. He's like, you can't tell me how to dance. The fact that you are my wife and I sleep in the same room with you doesn't mean you can come and tell me how to worship my God. Amen? My relationship with my God was there before you also came in. Amen? Verse 22. He said, and I will yet be more vile than thus and will be based in my own sight. And of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be in honor. <laughs> Hallelujah. And look at what happened in verse 23. It said, Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. You see what familiarity can do to you. 
This same one from the verse 20, give it to me in contemporary English version. Verse 20. He said, David went home so he could ask the Lord to bless his family. He was coming to bless the family. He was coming to release a blessing onto his family. And look at what he was met with. But Saul's daughter Michal went out and started yelling at him. You were really great today. She said, you acted like a dirty old man. Dancing around half naked in front of your seven slave girls. Next verse. David told her, the Lord didn't choose your father or anyone else in your family to be the leader of the people. You see, you you provoke an angry man to start saying things about your father and your family and things like that. You see what familiarity can do. He said, the Lord chose me and I was celebrating in honor of him. Verse 22. I will show you just how great I can be. I will even be disgusting to myself. Just say, oh, kakra, not me anymore. I will dance even more. But those slave girls you talked about will still honor me. Hallelujah. Verse 23. He said, Mikael never had any children. May that never be your portion in the name of Jesus. Don't take your spouses for granted. Don't take your spouses for granted. A lot of you, the ladies here, you will marry great men. Some of the people you are going out with now may not look like great men, but they will be great men. Hallelujah. Sometimes, spouses of great people stand the risk of being the ones to benefit the least from what God has placed in their spouse because of familiarity. Me, that's one thing I can say. My, my wife is not familiar with what God has placed on my life at all. Not in the least. She's the only one in this world who can open the door and enter when I'm in the bathroom. The only one in this world who can do that. But she still believes in the anointing. Hallelujah. Sometimes even more than I believe in it myself. I remember when she was pregnant with me. 37 weeks. That thing was weighing her down. Like, like I'm tired of this pregnancy. Like, I'm tired. I want to just deliver, deliver. She was like, just open your mouth and declare. I know when you say it, I'll deliver. I'm saying 37 weeks. I didn't hear 40. 37, Charlie. Take your time. He said, No. I believe you say it. Just open your mouth and say. She was offended with me for the next two and a half weeks. I waited till 40 weeks for the thing to come according to God's own timing. Hallelujah. But she believed that if I open my mouth and say it, the baby would drop. Amen. You say, Ah, this is somebody. Oh. You are in the same room with us and say, ah, why, why should I even believe the grace of God upon your life? The, uh, um, what do you call it? The communion wine that I prayed over, then said, nobody believes in that thing more than her. At the beginning of the year, they're fasting and praying. If somebody calls her something, says, drink the blood. She said, drink the blood that daddy prayed over, drink it. You will be fine. Hallelujah. May your spouse never be familiar with you. Yeah. Your spouse never be familiar with you. Sometimes not only spouse, even your brothers and sisters, you can get familiar. Moses' brother and his sister, they got familiar with him. Because oh, our, our small brother. <laughs> Let's read Numbers chapter 12, 1 to 15. Numbers 12, 1 to 15. It said, then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. 
because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Next. He said, and they said, had the Lord in this spoken only by Moses. That means, are you the only anointed one? Are you the only one God speaks to? And you see, this was all because Moses was their younger brother. And they had gotten familiar with him. I'm sure Miriam was like you. I used to change your diaper. So. When you were a baby, you were crying. They said, you soil yourself, you cry. I was the one cleaning, I was the one bathing you. Even the river that you were putting, I, I carried the cradle. I, I laid you in the river. Today you have come and you are saying that what? You are a prophet. You are anointed. The hand of the Lord is upon you. He said, and they said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses, had he not spoken also by us? I mean, we too, we are anointed some. Why? To the unction, yes, we will be. <laughs> but the unction, there are different levels. Hallelujah. There are different levels of the anointing. Verse 3. He said, now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men. They are lucky it wasn't Elijah. <laughs> above all men, which were upon the face of the earth. Next verse. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron. And unto Miriam. Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three came out. That means God was now angry. Munya Mumbra coming to settle this matter and the lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called aaron and miriam the offenders separated them and they both came forth verse 6 and he said hear now my words if there is a prophet among you i the lord will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream verse 7 my servant moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. Verse 8. He said, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently. He's not showing him the difference between them and Moses. Yes, you are anointed, but there is somebody who is more anointed than you. Somebody who occupies a higher office than you. And not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the law shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. That's a very important question. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow and Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was leprous. Verse 11. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, Lay not this sin upon us. Now, begging comes inside. <laughs> wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. Verse 12. It said, Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of the mother's womb. Verse 13. And Moses cried unto the Lord. You see, meek Moses. Elijah and he won't beg for you. He said, Say, you are misbehaving. You must suffer. He said, and Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech you. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had spit in her face, should she not be ashamed even seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received in again. Verse 15. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days. And the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. Hallelujah. 
May the Lord not shut you away because of familiarity where you are not supposed to be familiar. Hallelujah. Yes. Ah, this is your brother. This is our brother. Come on, we know you. We saw you when you were a child. We saw you when you were crying. It's very, very easy to slip into familiarity with people. Very, very easy. And now let me bring it to the spiritual sense. You see, God sets people over us. God sets fathers over us. The meaning of the word father is source. Everybody says source. Yeah, that means fathers are supposed to be sources. It can be sources of blessings, whatever. The people who are fathers in your life, eh? God makes them sources of a lot of the things God wants to do in your life. Amen. That is how God created it. God could have chosen to anoint Elisha directly. But he put it in Elijah's hands. So when Elijah was about to be um, taken up, and Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He didn't even pray to God. He prayed to the man of God. He said, you have asked a very hard thing. But if you see me go, whatever it is you are asking for will come upon you. So why didn't God just release the anointing straight upon Elisha? What I'm trying to tell you is that there are a lot of things God will do for you that he will package in a human being. Hallelujah. And one of the devil's ways of making sure that you don't get those things that God wants you to get is to ensure that you become familiar with that source that God has placed in your life. Hallelujah. Or the sources that God has placed in your life. Familiarity can block the flow of the anointing. Look, it doesn't matter how anointed you are. If the people you are ministering to are familiar with you, there is a blockage, like a literal blockage. The anointing will not flow. And we saw this clearly even in the most anointed man to have ever lived on earth, Jesus Christ. Let's read Matthew chapter 13. Let's start from verse 54, New King James Version. Matthew chapter 13. Familiarity can block the anointing more than even sin. Can block the flow of the anointing even more than sin. He said, and when he was come unto his word, own country. Oh, aren't you here with me? Why well, you are tired already? When I come unto his own country, he taught them in their synagogue in so much that they were astonished. That means at the beginning, things were working. The teaching was powerful. The anointing was flowing. They were astonished and said, whence has this man this wisdom? At that time, they hadn't recognized him. Where is this wisdom coming from? That means he was teaching and they were like, Hi. The word is good. The, the preaching is good. I'm, I'm being blessed by this preaching. Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? That means probably before he even started preaching, he, he healed one or two people. He did some skirmishes here and there. The, the meeting was, was, you know, it started on a very, very good note. The presence of God was strong. The anointing was strong. The preaching was good. The teaching was good. Miracles were happening. But suddenly, let's see what happened. Somebody got up and said, Is this not the carpenter's son? I'm just going to show you how familiarity can just block the flow of anointing like that. At the beginning, things were flowing, everything was fine, miracles were happening. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? He was now giving Jesus' genealogy. 
And his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. The guy had given Jesus' family tree. There, 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 there. Next verse. And his sisters, are they not with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Started questioning. Next verse. He says, so they were offended at him. These were the same people who were accepting the ministry in the beginning. But suddenly when they realized that, ah, there's actually this guy who used to carry the wood planks for his father. Ah, this guy, guy's father, he came to repair the kitchen stool in our house when he was small. He had a pencil in his head. Kape, yeah. Ah, kape, oh, kape, neighbor. <laughs> Kape, Kape, son. Today you are going to do you are doing miracles. Ah! Said they were offended because of familiarity. When they didn't recognize him, when they hadn't recognized him, the anointing was flowing. As soon as they realized, ah, this is one of us. So, you know, sometimes we believe wild things must come from outside. We believe wild things must always come from visiting ministers. You know, sometimes, you see, I, I go to places to, to preach and the way I'm received, I don't struggle to get them to say amen like I, I struggle to get you to say amen sometimes. Before you are introduced and you are getting up, the people are already warmed up and ready to receive. And you see, it's very easy to get familiar with what you have. You'll be shocked that those online watching are consuming this message with more seriousness than those of you sitting here who have access to this word. See me face to face. People contact me from the US, UK, different, different places about the messages that I preach. Some of you, when you miss church, eight weeks, you've not even gone back to go and check. Oh, what did that man preach? That day that I wasn't in church, may the Lord have mercy on us. Ah, some of the wildest miracles and operations of the gifts of the Spirit I've seen in my ministry have been outside this place. I'm telling you the truth. Some of the wild prophetic things I've seen in my ministry, they're not here. Is it here? If I call somebody and I start mentioning, say, Oh, wait, there is from the church database. That's what you think. Oh, I do a lot of my prophetic things one-on-one. I'll call you. This, 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 so do this, this, this. Because some of the things, if I come and say it here, you put one and two together. Oh, this one, he probably spoke to her before and she gave, you know, this and, and blah, 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 and things like that. I went to a place that the God just spoke to me that He's restoring families. And the people received it. Amen. Amen. Praying in tongues. And suddenly, God ushered me into the prophetic. And I saw three angels carrying three bowls with three names on them. And I mentioned the first name. One gentleman came out. I mentioned the second name. One lady came out. I mentioned the third name. If I didn't mention the third name yet, when the two came, I said, you, you are so-so-and-so, right? You, you are so-so-and-so, right? Yeah. 
apparently they were brother and sister and I said I can see a third name when I mentioned the name they were like oh no she, she's not here she doesn't attend church here not knowing their younger sister followed them to church and they didn't even know she had followed them to church I mentioned that name and she raised her they themselves were shocked that their younger sister was in church because she doesn't attend that church with them somewhere somehow God drew her to the place three all of them came to stand and I gave them the word of the Lord pa, 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 pa. I told the lady you I see you in a place cooking blah blah blah, blah. She said, I'm a caterer I said God is bringing you a big restaurant very soon receive it in the name of Jesus she received the anointing pa, 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 pa. the guy too I gave him a word the lady gave he said, and things sometimes when you are with your own people <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, we didn't know him. We didn't. Ah, we didn't. This idea, so full. We beg. <laughs> some of the wildest things, some of the wild testimonies, even from our fasting and prayer, is people outside the church who had some of those wild testimonies. I told you somebody the first day when I declared that. I'm sanctifying certain days in the year and that nothing will stop those days and blah, blah, blah. Somebody received it, received it for their brother. Brother's 40 something years old, hadn't gotten married. So I'm receiving it this year. You will get married. After the meeting, you call the brother. He said, oh, when are you getting married? They were just joking. This was in January. We are just joking. Oh, this is, he said, okay, you, 19th February, you will get married. And they all laughed. And they said, like joke, like joke. On 19th February, he got married in their sitting room. In their sitting room. If in January you are not sure you are going to get married, then it means you hadn't planned to get married. If your sister is asking you, you cry this year, when are you going to get married? And you can't give an answer in January, that means you hadn't planned. But on the 19th of February, she sent me pictures. Sitting room wedding. We had a sitting room wedding. Pastor came there, blessed the marriage. He's married right now. May the Lord give you the grace not to be familiar. You see, when they say don't be familiar, it doesn't mean don't relate to the person. Sometimes we think, oh, it means stay far away. Or do this. No, no, no. You can have a very healthy relationship with somebody who is a source in your life, but still not be familiar. A typical example is the Apostle John. He had a very, 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 very good relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me show you some scripture. John chapter 13, 21 to 23. John chapter 13. 21 to 23. He said, and Jesus had said these things. He was troubled in the spirit. So he was with them. And he got troubled in the spirit. And testified and said, most assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Hey, that's a very strange thing for a head pastor to say when he's with his associate pastors. <laughs> he said, then the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. Is it William? Is it Alpha? Is it Della? Is it, NS? Is it Gideon? Which of us is it going to be? <laughs> is it, is it, who's that? Alex. There's no Alex. So it will be an Alex. He <laughs> okay. said, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. And we all know it's John. So while they were talking, eh, his head was on Jesus' bosom. That is how close they were. 
So I'm saying not being familiar doesn't mean you shouldn't have a close relationship. You should have a close relationship. But you must make a conscious effort not to start taking the relationship for granted. This same John, one moment his head was on Jesus' uh, what do you call it, bosom. Next moment, Jesus says, let's go to the Mount of Transfiguration. He follows Jesus. Next moment, he says, Peter and John, go and prepare the Lord's Supper. He's there. Let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's there. Even at the point of death, he said, John, they hadn't even discussed it before. That my mother, I'm transferring my mother to you. All her expenses are on the cross. He said, mother, behold your son. Son, behold. Because John had maintained a certain level of respect for Jesus in spite of their close relationship and any assignment Jesus gave him he carried it out to the letter and so Jesus could trust him with his most precious possession that was his mother just before he left the earth oh I can put my head on your bosom so let's go to Gethsemane oh me sister I'm full Charlie this thing you go you go I'll come go go I'll come I'll come. Let me wash the place. Say, I prepared the supper. Me and Peter. So, Peter, James, you go. Go and start. I'll come. May the Lord give us the grace not to be familiar. And you see, when we are related, and this is what I'm saying, it, it applies to me myself because I also have sources I receive from. And I don't take those relationships for granted at all. I don't take... When I'm with my spiritual father, I open my ears, I open my soul, I open my spirit, like I open everything openable to receive. <laughs> Sometimes we're not even talking spiritual things, so, but I believe I'm receiving an impartation. It's about your state of mind. Hallelujah. There are people, not in this church, who come and visit me and as we are talking, a man of God, can I record the conversation? Of course, I know I will not talk about some woman's backside. For you to go and record me and use it against me, then we'll talk pure things. Hallelujah. Feel free and record. People, not in this church. Say, not in this church. <laughs> yeah. He said, let's record. Let me record what you are saying. And you see, when God places somebody or some people as sources in your life, it doesn't matter what their weaknesses are, it doesn't matter what their imperfections are. Look at Eli. Eli was a backslidden priest at the end of his ministry. Anointing was gone. He couldn't even take good care of his house. His sons were misbehaving. And like this was a, a man you could term as failing in ministry. There was nothing glorious about Eli at that time. But the direction Samuel needed to kickstart his prophetic ministry of being a hearer of the voice of God. You see, when it comes to the prophetic they are seers and they are hearers. Some people are more of seers. Someone wasn't too much of a seer. He was more of a hearer. Because even when God was going to speak to him about Saul, the Bible said, I think first Samuel chapter 9, that and God said into someone's ears, someone could hear the voice of God. When he heard the voice of God as a child, the direction and the acquaintance he needed to kickstart that prophetic ministry was given to him by a priest who was at the end of his ministry and seemed to be failing in ministry. But he was a father to him and a source. And so God chose to use that source to be a blessing unto him. So don't look at the weaknesses. Don't look at the human frailties. 
as long as the person is a father, he is a source that God can use to be a blessing unto you. Anyway, anyhow. Sometimes we, we take even normal conversation. We, we expect that we can only be blessed by the sources in our lives when they are behind the pulpit. Until I come here and I start closing my eyes. How oh, I can see. Oh, I'm in a spirit. Oh, God. I feel like I've been plugged into electricity. The, the, the presence of God is strong in this flesh. Then you open your spirit. Hey, an idiot. <laughs> Sometimes it could be in a normal conversation. Sometimes it could be something the person says casually. A lot of the things we quote of Jesus Christ as words of life were not said in a synagogue or behind the pulpit. It was in normal conversations and normal talking with the, with the disciples. That is why we must be sensitive all the time. So if I come to you and I say, oh, I, I see riches on you. You think, oh, we are joking. This is but the amen you say may be the trigger for angels to begin to move and to cause divine connections that will bring that thing to come to pass. Because as your father, God has made me a source, whether you like it or not. Maybe that day I have not even prayed. Maybe I have not even prayed. Maybe I'm worried about something. So for three days, prayer has been difficult. But once the person is a source, God can choose to use the person to be a blessing unto you. May the Lord make you sensitive. May, may the Lord make you alert at all times to receive when you have to receive. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus, normal eating. They are eating. Can you just say something? And we are quoting those things today. We are quoting that. We quote them in warfare. We quote them, but he was eating and talking. Just having a normal chat. But you see, because God will package a lot of things in the sources he has placed in your life, the devil will make sure familiarity comes in. So that like in Jesus' time, it will block that flow. But I pray that that will not be your story in the name of Jesus. It will not be your story. Familiarity will block it. It will block the blessing. You can get familiar with my sermons. Especially if I preach the same thing, first service and seconds, and when I start, oh, this one we know. I know what the next point will be. I know what he's going to say. Well, I can speak for myself. No two sermons I preach are the same. Even if I use the same words, the function behind the two sermons are not the same. There are people who have followed me to preach in different parts of this country. Same sermon. But by the grace of God, by the time it's done, it's like, a fresh new sermon that has been preached. If they had approached those things with familiarity, that oh, um, what do you call it? Who touched me? Oh, I've heard it. I heard it in church, and I heard it in Farali Kolibu. So now we are in Takradi. When I said tonight, I'm going to preach to you on something. I've entered. Who touched me? Not let me. Let me just go outside and you know. But they can testify that the anointing on each of those messages I preached has been different anytime it's been preached. If you think hearing a message once is all, why do we say buy CDs and things like that? It's the same message you listen to over and over again. It's the same message. It's the same message. It's very easy to get familiar. Oh, the, the sermons. Oh, as I said. 
It's easy to get familiar with, with the jokes. When I start a joke, you can complete it. <laughs> you know where the joke is going to end. You can complete the joke. It's familiarity. But may God help you not to be familiar. Hallelujah. You see, these things, we don't preach them to exalt ourselves above anybody. We are just telling you the truth. Because as I'm saying it, it applies to me as in my relationship with the sources that God has placed in my life as well. These are things I've learned over the years and I'm sharing with you. So you can be under a ministry and there are no signs of that ministry blessing you. Somebody far away will be benefiting totally and having serious testimonies. Sometimes people get familiar with their pastors. When a pastor visits them one or two times, you feel very important. We can sit and talk. So, Charlie, you know. I'll read a text message. Somebody who had an issue and somebody contacted me about the issue and I went to visit the person. When I came back, the message the person had sent me. And I thank God for your life, a man of God. I'm, I'm even astonished that a great man of God like this can find my house worthy to enter. You know, some of you, when I come to look for you, I can call like 30 minutes. Oh, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Let, let, me, let me just finish reading, reading something. I'll, I'll come. There's somebody sending me a whole thesis just because I've entered her room. May the Lord have mercy on us. Yeah. It is a strategy of the devil to ensure. You see, once you're in this church, eh, it is this pulpit God will use to bless you the most. That, that is the truth. You may have other sources of being blessed by the word and all of this but I can assure you that most of the things God wants to say to you he will say it through this pulpit and through my mouth, through my lips whether I like it or not forget about my human frailties and forget about my imperfections as a human being so long as I am your pastor and I am your father and God has placed me as a source in your life a lot of the things God will want to say to you he will say it through my mouth and so may God give you the grace not to be too familiar. Be open all the time. Be open all the time. You can even get familiar with the worship. Oh, sometimes they have some particular progressions. Me, oh, Pastor Dela, I like. There are some progressions. We know that after this song, this song will come. So we have renewed. Oh, once it's casting crowns, then what will follow? <laughs> Even in Christ alone, you can get familiar with in Christ alone. That song, you better not get familiar with it. Those words are they are heavy words. If you are a good Christian with the Holy Spirit in you, you can't get familiar with those words. Anytime I sing that song, it's like I've heard it for the first time. It's fresh in my spirit. Some of you I look at you when you are singing in Christ alone. Christ, um, that is a normal thing to sing in Christ alone. You can even get familiar with church, the, the order of service. Oh, we know opening prayer, we will move to praise, we will move to worship, song ministration, introduction of the man of God, man of God comes to preach, maybe we pray a little, we do uh, announcement and uh, first timers, offertory, tithe, in Christ alone, 
and then we leave. So normal. As mommy said, routine. It becomes routine for you. You can get to a point where it doesn't even make any meaning again. Because it's just something you are going through. But may God help you. Hallelujah. What are some of the signs that you are becoming familiar with somebody? One of them is when you lose your sense of awe. As Dr. Kusi said. God has made it such that with anointing and ministry, you need to have a little sense of awe for the one you are receiving the ministration from. The anointing flows better that way. That is how God created it. That is why in some churches, eh, they call the priest father. So you have no choice but to address him as your father. As a source in your life. And they wear gown, tinting that you can wear. To separate you from them. So I realize that, Charlie, this is a special person in my life. Hallelujah. When they're coming to visit you in the house, grandpa, they wear white when they are coming like that. It's like Charlie Angel. An angel is coming to your house. Some of those things are put in place to ensure that familiarity doesn't come to block whatever God has placed in them for you from preventing you from receiving those things. Amen. Hmm? I was at the funeral on Friday in the Catholic church. When the priests were going, it was a very big man, so the top Catholic priests were all there. It was a line. They did two lines. I'm sure it was like 20. So maybe about 40 people coming to officiate. And it was time for them to do their procession. They said, everybody should stand. And we stood on our feet. And the way they were coming in their gown and things like that. Hey, are these human beings? And the bishops and the archbishops were holding their mitre. I said, so yeah, go. <laughs> And then the archbishop himself was at the back. When he gets to your line, then he'll do this. And he'll do this. He'll do this. Blessings. And then the people were receiving it. Ah! Measures have been put in place so that you won't take them for granted. You will not be familiar with them. Now what they are wearing, if you go and tell your, your tailor to sew for you, he won't sew. So you can't be like them. Measures have been put in place. Oh, me, I've come. I'm wearing <laughs> African prints like you. <laughs> so when we talk, I say, oh, but yes, I, you know, yes, yes, African print like that. But you see, you must purpose in your heart not to get familiar. Hallelujah. I should be able to come here in shorts and preach, and you still receive it. Shorts and Lacoste and bathroom slippers. In spite of the fact that when you see me, you wonder whether everything is okay. Reorient your mind that everything is fine and that he still carries the spirit of God and a word for me today. Yeah. So in some churches, you see, when they say, when somebody is coming to preach and say, let's stand and receive the person, some of these things, they may seem like automatic, but it's a way of just clearing that blockage of familiarity that this person is a special vessel of God carrying a special message for me. You receive it better that way. Why should we stand for human beings? Why should we stand for human beings? The Bible says, Give honor to whom honor is due. 
give honor to him honor is due. There is a reason why God said that. Give honor to whom honor is due. Because he knows at the back of your mind, if there isn't a small sense of awe, the, the, the rate at which you receive and absorb from that person is reduced drastically. Drastically. So one, when you lose your sense of awe. Two, when you realize you are not bothered about offending the person. It's a sign that you have become familiar. You are not bothered. It's like, he can think what he wants to think. I don't really mind. He can feel however he feel about this thing that I've done. I don't mind. It's a sign of familiarity. You should be worried when I give you an assignment and you don't deliver on time. When the deadline I give you is getting close, you should be able to call and say, oh, for so and so and reason, that is why. This is why I wasn't able to do it. You should be worried. But when you find yourself not being worried, it's a sign that you are getting familiar. Like, oh, this is, it will pass. You may not say anything. This is a so you, we go. We move. <laughs> It's a sign. You should be worried. When I give you an assignment. When I say, oh, do this, 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 this. Or take care of this particular person. You shouldn't be at the point where, oh, like you don't care. You should see it as a privilege for your pastor to pick you. Jesus wasn't just picking people for assignments. He saved there's a reason why a lot of times it was Peter, James, and John. He was speaking. But even Peter, at a point in time, he became familiar. All the things was Peter, James, John. Peter, James, John. Sometimes Peter, John. This, 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 this. At a point, John is a very powerful guy. He's a very serious guy. Upon all this, he never got familiar. What do I mean by Peter got familiar? You see, when you see yourself trying to advise your fathers on matters that are above you, it's a sign that you are becoming familiar. Mm. Jesus was talking to them about his purpose. Somebody's purpose. Oh. Your father's purpose. Ministry. He says, I will be caught. Jerusalem. They will crucify me. So, so and so will happen. And what did the Bible say? Peter called Jesus aside and rebuked him. Your father is telling you his purpose. That this is where God is taking me in ministry. That I want to stop practicing medicine. No, 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 no. That if I come, 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 come. You see, it took a lot to train you. As a doctor and as a specialist, how many hematologists are there in Ghana? So when you leave, a very big gap will be created. So this thing you are talking about, think about it again. I'm telling you, so you know that that matter is above you. So don't come and don't come and discuss it with me. It, it is about you didn't call me. Hallelujah. You 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 weren't there when God called me. <laughs> Jesus was telling him what the next move in ministry was in his ministry was. He said, No, no, don't say that. You won't die here. Not when I'm alive. And Jesus said what? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Can you imagine a man got angry? That, look, 
When we were planning in heaven how we were going to, you know, carry out this whole salvation plan, you, where, where were you? And you are coming to advise me based on your human understanding of things. Like you will say that if you leave the department of humanity, it will be a very, very big hole. Who will teach us? Human understanding. No, 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 such matters are above you. Hallelujah. Yes. A sign of familiarity is when you try to advise your fathers on matters. There are things you can talk to your fathers about. But something like purpose, it is way above you. You don't try it. Four, when you begin to take the person for granted, it's a sign that you are getting familiar. Take the person for granted. Five, when you don't feel anything when you are talking negative about the person in his absence. I'm not talking about his presence. As for his presence, it will be difficult. But the real test is in the person's absence. We are saying negative things. Negative. You see, there are some people, eh? Somebody like Archbishop Nicholas Duncan William. Nobody can convince me that that man is not from God. He may have his human frailties. You may not like the fact that he puts a boy. Ah, somebody 60 years, 60 something years. Why should you do a boy like that? He too does his personality. If he tells you his life before he became born again, you understand why the man is a showman. That, that is how he's meant to be. Nobody can convince me that that man is not a man of God. That he's not called of God. Mm-mm-mm. You can't. You see, sometimes eh, we mistake giftings for anointing. Somebody may be more gifted than somebody, but it doesn't mean the person is more anointed than the person. There's one thing you should know. Uncle Williams may not mention people's phone numbers and things like that, but where he stands in the spiritual corridors of this country, you see, in every place, in every land, there are gatekeepers. There are people who are standing at the gate. Cities, communities, blah, blah, blah. There are people God places at the gate. And even if you are coming in with greater gifts, you need some endorsement from some of those people because they are gatekeepers to allow you in for acceptance. One day I'll teach you on relating to spiritual authority. And you understand some of these things better. May the Lord give us the grace not to be familiar. And today I pray for you that anything God has deposited in my life that is meant for you, may you not miss it as a result of familiarity in the name of Jesus. In spite of my human frailties and in spite of my human imperfections, may God give you the grace to look beyond them and receive that which is meant for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever ministry God has for you that has been packaged in this vessel, may the Lord release it unto you. Whatever physical blessings have been packaged in this human vessel, may the Lord release them unto you. And I pray that when the Lord leads me to give you prophetic words, your heart will be open to receive it. That day God showed me, <laughs> now I don't talk about it. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll, maybe one day I'll tell you. You know, sometimes you give prophecies and, and, and people don't take you serious. They don't take you serious. Oh, this one. When you are with somebody who doesn't prophesy by heart, when you prophesy, you at least write it down. 
Even if you won't take it, you write it down. Sometimes I raise off prayer topics. You've seen some of them before. I just raise some off prayer topic. I don't do those things lightly. So I beg you, don't take them for granted. I beg you, should I go on my knees and make it? <laughs> don't take them for granted. God should, there are people, eh? They've missed seasons. Certain seasons. It's like, you know, you say the thing casually. And they think, they say, they've missed seasons. Because they, they took prophetic words I gave them for granted. Sometimes we expect the person to gyrate. Hey, Miss Unsumaba. I feel it. Or there should be some organ playing in the background. Or there should be a minstrel singing. People who have missed seasons. People who have missed seasons because. They recently had a talk with somebody. Seasons because God instructed them. Go and do this, 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 this. Go to this man. Go and do this, 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 this. And they took it for granted. And they missed seasons. They missed doors that open. I don't know why God chooses to use human beings to bless others. But that is how he has chosen to do it. That's how he's chosen to do it. He can do it directly, but he chooses human beings to use. And may you not despise those human beings when they come your way. There was one gentleman years ago struggling to get a job. He had finished school like two years. No job. Applied, 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 applied. I was going for a program somewhere and he called me and said, God said I should come with you to this program. And during that program, I should serve you the best I can. I was like, are you sure you heard from God? He said, yes. He came to the program. When it's time for me to go and minister, man of God, let me have your shirt. Iron it. Do you need to polish your shoes? Oh, me, my shoes? They already shine. They don't need polishing. This is, he did everything. We finished the program on Sunday. Monday, he got a call from a company whose interview he attended two years earlier and they had forgotten about him. Called him that come and work. Big fat salary. When God instructs you, may you not take the voice of God for granted. Sometimes when we preach these things, it's, it's difficult. You see, it would have been easier if a guest preacher had come to preach this one. Mm, but I'm preaching it to you because you need to hear it. Sometimes when we preach this, it's, it's like you're trying to exalt yourself. No. Me, those around me know that I, I, don't like, I don't like fans like that. I don't like fans like that. But when I preach and you respond, I like it. Say amen. Shout hallelujah. Shout I receive it. May the Lord release every blessing that is due you into your life in the name of Jesus. Financial blessings. May, may the Lord burst open his treasures of heaven and release them upon you. May uncommon anointings be released upon your life. May uncommon giftings be released upon your life. May miracles, signs and wonders be a daily thing in your life. According to the word of God that says that as for me and the sons that God has given unto me, we are for signs and for wonders. And today I declare that as for me and the sons and the daughters that God has given unto me, our lives are full of signs and wonders. Our lives are full of the manifestation of the hand of God. Oh, may the hand of God move on your behalf in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
that answer to that prayer is coming your way in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That door that has been shut in your face is being opened right now in the name of Jesus. And I see the mighty foot of God kicking down bridges, kicking down bridges of things that have connections into your life. And those things are not supposed to be there. Those bridges are crumbling right now. And access is being denied the enemy into your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I see the end of a barren season in somebody's life right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And thus saith the Lord, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Behold on the horizon comes a new season, a new season of fruitfulness, a new season of abundance, a new season of open doors, a new season of open heavens, a new season of the anointing of God, a new season of the giftings of the Spirit. And I see some people climbing some stairs and the Lord is saying that I'm taking you to the next level. Receive that next level right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I see some people with swords in their hands on the left and on the right. And the Lord says that ambidextrous anointing is coming upon you. Hitherto you could cut with just the right or you could cut with just the left. But today as you have two double-edged swords in your hand, your ability is quadrupled in the spirit, in the name of Jesus. You will cut on the left and it will cut. You will cut on the right and it will cut. Capacity is being increased in this place in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. And the Lord says, I'm bringing somebody to the place of not just being blessed, but being a blessing unto others. Lift up your voice. Connect to these words right now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Connect. Somebody connect. Connect, prophetic. 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 Connect
muscle. The Lord shall give you more than you can carry. Amen. Oh, I see testimonies being birthed in yes, this Lord. In the name of Jesus amen. Christ. Amen. If you believe you are one, shout amen. 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 Information. Reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!